I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here at Guitar Nerds, we want to make sure you have the best chance to listen to all the guitar content that's right for you. That's why we have a Patreon patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds a veritable treasure trove full of interviews mini series and a whole extra half an hour episode every week patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds get your nerd on Welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Jay Cross. Hello. And Mark Packham. Sop. That's right, Mark Packham is back. Back from... Well, we've done this before. Yeah, back, back and yeah, Mark you're Backham. just here. It's just here. It's a rare occasion that we get Mark Packham, which is very exciting. I'm very excited to have Mark Packham back, and and more importantly, Matt Knight not on the podcast. That's the only reason I'm here, basically, is because you're a man down, and you're like, who can we call in to keep the level of quality that Matt normally brings? Well, to the exactly. Show? After, Everyone else is busy after yeah. the famous sacking of Matt Knight, which was obviously aired across the internet. Uh, we have now got Mark. Pack them back. I mean, that might be true. I don't listen anymore, so, you know. Well, that's that's just wonderful. But you don't listen any less either. Good to see the gags are still coming. Ah, yes. Yes. Well, anyway, this week, there's actually, there's. I tell you what, the news is starting to dry up a little bit because I think everyone's starting to hold back stuff for Nam a little bit, although... You know, I, in in theory, things should start coming on thick and fast. Surely it's more that it's Christmas coming and things like that. And now people are just like selling the things that they've already released rather than releasing new things. Mm, yes, yes, that is uh, that is probably uh, the case. Um, but there is some cool news. But more importantly, Mark, we've got you back and you've only got one foot. One foot in the grave. Um, <laughs> years of doing this podcast have left me with one foot in the grave. Uh, no, yeah, I've broken my ankle. Uh, I've... I don't think I put it in the Facebook group, but I did put something on Twitter. We spoke about it on the on the podcast. Oh, actually. you spoke about it briefly, and then a few people reached out. I like, thought you said you didn't listen. Podcast listeners, I do listen. Um, <laughs> a few uh, a few podcast listeners reached out with uh, some uh, like words of advice, and because I was like, uh, so I broke it on the climbing wall, fell off the climbing wall, broke my ankle, didn't know that I'd broken it, and left it overnight because I was like. 
maybe it's not broken. Maybe it'll, this will all be fine in the morning. Woke up in the morning and it was like, a, you know, ballooned Your out. Your foot was on the wrong way. Yeah, that was the that was the main problem is the foot was facing in it the opposite healed, direction. It healed backwards. Suddenly yeah. had two right feet. You it had to have your weird. pedal board behind you. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, that, that'd be quite weird, wouldn't it? If you could just push the pedal. I don't know. Um... And uh, so, yeah, left it. And then, yeah, a couple of people, uh, Lee from Pedalboards of Doom, actually, uh, gave me some advice and said that, like, you know, like, someone in his family had had uh, a broken ankle and left it and it was bad. It it was a bad time. So uh, he advised to go and get it checked out. And I did. And, yeah, turns out, broken it. Uh, So as we're sitting here now, I've got one... huge leg brace. One foot in a normal shoe and one in a giant boot of shame. You Now, your pedal board, you don't have many pedals on your pedal board, but I imagine now you're going to have to move them onto a larger board so you can keep them more spread out. I actually have a spare pedal train Novo 32 at the moment that you could put your three or four pedals spread out so that you can... I've got a better idea. I'll just stop using pedals. (laughs) Just basically... Yeah, all right, Mick Dodd. Yeah, um, no, I've just been I've just been playing guitar at home without anything plugged in or anything like that. Uh, you know, it's it's. Do you know what's a real it's hassle? Your, it's your left foot though. Your right foot is your pedal switching yeah, but foot. Yeah, you also have to stand up. No, you don't. You can sit down. Yeah, but I've got to turn the pedal board around in front of the sofa. I can't bother with that. You don't stand up and play guitar at home. Wait, what? What? Don't you have a Hughes and Kettner? What's it? The Two Master Five. Does that have effects on it? No. I mean, I literally don't know anything about I mean, using Kettner. I'm not going to lie. Since I've started working from home, I've not plugged my guitar into an amp. Would you, just... That's the opposite of what you're supposed that's, to do if fact, you work from home. That's a lie. That is a lie because now actually I've got that Tube Screamer Mini, which I really like the sound of. I have been plugging it in a bit. But mainly, uh, you know, when I'm on my lunch break or whatever, I sit and have my lunch and then the guitar's just next to me on the sofa, pick it up, have a little play. Jangle. little jangle and then, you know, I can't be bothered to plug it in. I was quite, when I popped round your house earlier, I was enjoying the fact that you have that Les Paul Jr. and that uh, that Felix Les Paul next Phoenix. to each other. Phoenix um, Les Paul. It's very, uh, they're, they're two guitars that I really don't expect someone like you to, to play, but they are. Why? What should I be playing? I don't know. You're just so average in every other <laughs> sort of sense. I expect it to be like, a you know, just a telly or something. Something by What's Fender. Wrong with telly? Nothing at all, but they're, they're much more of an... A standard, I think of uh, anything sort of Gibson-y is, is like a, a connoisseur's choice. You know, it's, it's like you, you've got to like a very specific thing to want a Gibson, whereas a Fender can do everything. So it's like, a, you know, an everyman's guitar I mean, or woman's. The Les Paul Jr. is pretty, like, standard, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's like two controls. On my guitar, one of them doesn't even work. And in fact, the volume doesn't even work in the way it's supposed to. It's just an on-off switch, essentially. Um, and it's got a single pickup, so, you know... That's kind of tailored to doing a thing, isn't it? I think people, but people don't like that. I think generally people don't like. People want to have options. People want to have a neck pickup because they're they're fools. But I don't know what you're saying about me. You know, I've no, got I'm complimenting you. Guitars. I'm saying they're great guitars. No, you said that was standard in every other way. Yeah, but not your guitars. It's a compliment. <sighs> This is out of order. I've, I've gotten really into the neck pickup recently. Oh, I God. know. I know. I don't really. Wait, understand. how old are you? 31. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what happens. That's how it goes, mate. You'll be playing an acoustic by the time you're 40. I've been thinking about buying a Strat. Those new player series Strats, they're so good. They are actually really really good. I think think the um, out of that whole... And this is something that we'll probably get on to talking about in a bit, but... It is getting to that time where, you know, we're probably only a month or so away when we're before 
we actually have to start recording gear of the year oh, because yeah. you know, Christmas was, is coming I, up. I was going to talk about that well, this week. And I'm but, just yeah. like, one of the things that we really need to start narrowing down, and I think we need to try and do early, is what. Uh, so for people who uh, don't listen, who you know, new listeners or people who've forgotten or people who you know don't care, um, every year we do uh, <laughs> we do our gear of the year rundown. Uh, and what that entails is five episodes, one released per day, uh, usually in the run up to Christmas. Although, depending on how, I think cause Christmas is a Monday this year, Tuesday. So we'll probably release the episodes between the 17th and the 21st. Yes. And um, each episode will have two topics on and there'll be like you know best guitar best amp best pedal um etc 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 and there'll, there'll be 10 topics in total but we only allow one submission per brand per category which becomes a problem which for be- companies like fender fender and, and roland and yamaha um you know where there are multiple products who've, that have come out uh, and it's okay. Well, how do we decide? So, what what do we decide for? What's the best Fender guitar to come so, out this so year? What, you know, yeah, what's the best what has boss happened? pedal to come out this year? What has come out this year? The the offsets this year, or is that last year? Offsets are last year, but okay. this year we've got all the Parallel Universe guitars. Oh, we've yeah. got all the, of the Player series. Yeah, you know the 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 American originals. That is, were, I, think, no, I think they were January. The American I think originals. They are. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, there's a huge selection there, and then with Boss, you know, there's um, well. Either of the two new Wazacraft pedals. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, there's so what, much. Did the uh, Katana Artist come out this year as well? That's not pedal though, is it, Joe? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Line yeah. 6 is going to be difficult this year as well. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. What, what have they got? Uh, H- HX, HX Stomp. Stomp, HX Effects. Um, was HX Effects? Oh, yeah, yeah it was. Because it, it was Nam. Yeah, those... What's more exciting, HX Effects or HX Stomp? Well, oh. exactly. That's the thing. So one of the things that we had talked about and... Uh, I hope you guys don't mind me mentioning this on air because we had talked about it, but we haven't nailed down whether it's actually going to happen. But I think what we're going to do is um, before gear of the year, we're going to try and do some preliminary rounds. Yes. And so basically what that will do is we will go through, for example, we'll take Fender and we'll say, okay, well, what Fender guitar are we putting forward to gear of the year? What Fender amp are we putting forward to gear of the year? What pedal, et cetera, et cetera. Just so we've got the main categories nailed down. And the reason for this is, if you remember, this time last year, well, for gear of the year last year, was or was it the year before? No, I think it was last year. We oh, Maybe it was yeah, the year before, because no, we were going to put forward the Blues Cube for Roland, and then yeah. right at the, whilst we, we were recording, we changed, we changed it to the Katana, which ended up winning. <laughs> so, and also, didn't didn't we we made a bad decision with Fender, didn't we? I, I seem to remember. we, we The thing we, we ended up putting through for Fender, we ended up, we ended up not... It didn't progress because it didn't have something. This, this I can't remember. Yeah, there's can't been can't remember. there's been multiple scenarios like that. I think where basically if we'd put through another thing that company had produced, mm-hmm. it probably oh, would have done. Oh, that's right. Better. We did the Ed O'Brien instead oh, yeah, was, of yeah, the yeah. professional yeah, series, yeah, 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 and then yeah. discounted the Ed O'Brien because, because it, wasn't it wasn't versatile. It wasn't versatile enough. enough. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. So I think one of the things that we're going to try and do is um, do a kind of mini uh, Patreon series. Patreon that's just, only. That's just uh, a, a preliminary round where you know what we're going to do is we're going to get absolutely blotto and yes. uh we're going to fight joe and that's um, the end and that's that's the end yeah, yeah that's the end that's that's what's happening basically it's we all pick one thing that yeah. we want to win and it's who can knock joe out first that's the thing <laughs> yeah, that goes yeah, through absolutely well so, i imagine it would be the booze <laughs> <laughs> the booze wins every time 
<laughs> the booze so, always wins. So I think that's I think that's something that we're going to try and do. I am definitely going to be fighting for the Fender uh, player Stratocaster. See, I'm I'm with you, but at the same time, you bought an American original. Yeah, but that was before the player came out. And and the thing yep. about the Strat is the Strat modernizes better than the Tele. In the you want a Baja Telecaster, like you want an old style Tele. Yeah. Rather than a sort of modern telly with a weird modern bridge, whereas a Strat modernizes really well and still it still retains all the things that are cool about Strats. And those players, yeah, are just... agreed. But then you know there are other things in the player series that haven't been available at that price point before. Like look at the Jaguars, like you know, fantastic oh, guitars. It's such for a money. great idea. The Jaguar pickup in the in the neck position, then a humbucker in the bridge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a single coil in the yeah, 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 a, a yeah absolutely, yeah, yeah. And then you, uh, so there's there's a lot of cool stuff, and it's okay. Well, and I think and probably the color sonic red. Yeah, well, we were talking about that beforehand, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great. I personally, I'm all about the buttercream, but the it's... buttercream is very cool. Do you know what the problem with the buttercream for me is? You can only get it with maple boards. Great, yeah. ideal. I, I know, perfect. But, but everything else has a choice. I want, I wanted a choice. No, not everything well, else. I think the. Uh, I think there are a couple. Where, I think maybe the what's the green? Oh what, yeah, the uh, sage green metallic. I think only is, comes I with think only Palfer, Palfer, yeah. Oh, Palfer, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I can't remember, but there I, are a couple ones. Like I that. really like the buttercream P base. It looks yeah. The the bases brilliant. I think look in buttercream. I think look fantastic. Yeah. Really, really good. Actually, uh, oh yeah, no, sorry, that's buttercream. It's a very well. Ingve color. No buttercream. Here you go buttercream um, HSH Strat. What? With Pal Ferro. Oh, that's cool. That's what and you want, HSH? Looked... Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> but no, I think... Who has an HSH, uh, Steve Vaughan? It's not the 80s. Yeah. Well, I mean, looking at this guitar, I think you're, I think you'd be mistaken. Um, but no, I, I think we, I think we probably agree. in the players is probably the, uh, the, the player strat is probably the guitar that will go through. But there's a lot, um, a lot that's come out this year, and I do think that it's, it's worth us properly talking about. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's going to be a strong Patreon pre. So I guess that's that's something for us to for listeners to have a think about, and you know, maybe put maybe we should put some topics in the in the group. Absolutely. What. Um, you know what brands do you think there are multiples of that we need to yeah. we need to narrow down in advance? I mean, pedals is going to be an oh. absolute nightmare. Dimension or Metal Zone, that's going to be tough. Or just think about like someone like and JHS. Wait, didn't the totally. GT One Thousand yeah. come out at Nam as well? Yeah, uh, I think you're right. Yeah, oh. although I think probably, and this is something we're maybe going to need to have a talk about multi behind effects this. Different. Yeah, well, yeah. Do we have multi effects slash kind of like? new oh, yeah. processing because we said we might add that yeah. tag free last year because of the helix i and think everything. i think probably you know is sort there, of helix and oh, no of course there is because moore have yeah. just re- released the the was it the moore live the, which there's a hotone one the, the hotone have got one okay. and there's of course even Head in, in in multi-effects also yeah. moore have the black truck yeah. as well and so uh, i think i think probably Calling them multi-effects is maybe a little bit... um... Would you include, for example, a Kemper in that? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that 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 kind of... It needs to be quite a broad church. Yeah. And so we need to be Love able to show. Yeah, great, great show. Uh, David Tennant, legend. Yeah. Um, I do think that we need to uh, accommodate a, a broad spectrum of products within the sort of kind of... It, it, it seems a little bit reductive, but I think multi-effects is a good... Uh, like word for it overarching. Would you also include software in there? What software are we going to be talking about? Uh, I don't know. Guitar amp software. <laughs> what are you doing? 
Am- Ampulator 95. Right. Okay, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, by Lou Banger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> Ampo number five. <laughs> Mark Packham, Hello. you uh, you actually also bought another effects pedal uh, this week. This is this is becoming a bit of a problem for you since uh, since taking on your new position at Reverb. You started actually buying gear again for a guy who has owned the same amplifier and guitar since I've met you. I've now bought tons of new stuff. Yeah. yeah so um, I wanted to. I think when I was on the podcast last, I talked about how I bought the Ibanez PH7, the Phaser, the Tone Lock series Phaser. Yeah. Um, they're great. Yeah, I kind of bought that to try it, and I I've now. I've got it back listed for sale um and i'm sort of going through the same thing with the ts7 the tube screamer that i bought um i wanted to compare it because uh, people keep saying like great things about this tone lock series so i bought the ts7 right um and i've also got that no cheap... you didn't the only reason you bought this is to flip it well potentially <laughs> no oh, yeah, i okay. really wanted to so, check really wanted to check so it out mate. i have been doing some buying to flip do you think this is the gear slug i have been doing <laughs> i have been doing some buying to flip but with that one in particular because because I'd already bought the mini tube screamer, which I also bought to flip. I was like, "Did you a b the mini tube screamer?" That's and- exactly why I bought it. I was gonna because I really like the sound of that mini tube screamer, and I was like, "Well, everyone goes on about this TS7. I'll buy this, and then the one that." I like the least. I'll then right. flip. And so I'll you keep were comparing tube exactly. screamers. You do know that guitar nerds own a JHS bonsai. Yeah, sure, sure. But which has seven different. Yeah, but these to- the tone lock things remind me of being a young man in the to- early two thousands. <laughs> so I had to buy it. So um, yeah, I got it, and it's not as good as the mini tube screamer. So really, vlogging it again. Yeah. I really like the everything in the mini series. I think um, they they maybe didn't get enough press or just sort of got like left behind a little bit but they're a really unique individual shape for a micro pedal they're you know they're different from the standard chassis that's going around with you know sort of moore and uh, uh I, I can't remember any other brands names off yeah. the top of my head but um uh, yeah and uh the, the i always talk about it but their their analog delay their mini version of the ad9 mm. that's a massively sought after like vintagey pedal that goes for like Two three hundred quid, and, yeah. And this tiny version of it sounds really close, and is what sixty pounds, something like that. I don't uh, know, yeah, know what it is in US. Yeah, deeds. not a, not a huge amount of money. It's a, a very affordable way to have a very cool sounding analog delay. That's for yeah. sure. Um, talking about delays, I also bought a flashback mini. Uh, oh, yeah. to again do the same thing. So what what controls do you what do you miss? What 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 is not there on I'm, the flashback? I'm looking menu? at a picture right now. Basically you'd miss the um presets essentially. You miss the modeling. So you've got feedback, delay and effects level on the pedal itself. Uh and then you do everything else through the tone print. So it basically right. stores one tone print in the pedal, uh which you edit on your phone or on the computer or whatever. Uh and then you ping that over to the pedal and that's the sound that you've got in there i mean uh, that's that's pretty cool i mean most people aren't flicking between modes live well, are they exactly that so i downloaded a uh or i put a couple of different time prints on it and played around with it and to be honest i'm not going to keep it i'm probably going to flip that one as well wait did it uh, oh yeah you know the the flashback although this is probably more the flashback too because of the mash control yeah actually in fact it's only the flashback too because of the mash control i found was the closest delay i could get to sounding as good as um as a space echo oh really yeah just, interesting because so, you can do that what can you do the okay cool you know what sorry one more time okay that should be nice and clean for mook to do yeah 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 good stuff great 
but yeah, it was it was the closest thing to because that mash control is just so versatile, and because you can assign it to so many different things. Oh, mash controls on TC stuff—that was a banging idea. It was. I I mean, they they came out this year as well. No, they didn't. They were last year. We talked yeah, about yeah because we just had them when when I was at Gitcon. They uh, were brand okay. new then. Yeah, we talked. They were definitely. We talked about them, and because if you remember, they were part of the. Uh, pedal shootout we did here the maybe the week before yes, we did Gear of the Year. It was. And I ended up not being as impressed with it as I wanted to be. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah and I, I was a bit disappointed. I think maybe it was just I need we were doing too much at, at one time. Yeah. Um, Because we, we were just, right, here's 15 pedals. Let's blitz through them and see what we like. And I think you because you, you'd had a bit more time with it, you were like, no, it's great. Like, give it a go. And I just did because it's a bit of a weird there is a bit of a learning curve exactly yeah and i think once you get past that it it's fine but yeah. uh, it just took me a bit of time because what the videos i've seen are fantastic that's it actually pete thorne has a couple of um tone prints for the flashback 2 which allow you to uh make it do the same thing as the game changer plus pedal um, oh really yeah what, it will like freeze a note yeah well because you know, on the plus pedal you can either play and have that sort of note underneath yeah. or you can turn off your dry signal completely so you just get that washed in and obviously as you're suppressing that piano pedal that's increasing the volume of, okay. the, of the of the swollen note and peak thorns uh <laughs> this, this... The what note? Uh, the, the swelling. Oh, the, is, is that what they found in your X-ray? Yeah, yeah. yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great. Not the uh, one on my leg. Unbelievable. Uh, but <laughs> uh, damn it, he's um, gone. Yeah, uh, the, uh, yeah. So Pete, this Pete Thorne's uh, tone print sort of uh, brought in the. So it's not the same principle quite because it's just it takes out your dry signal and then you use the mash to bring in the volume right. of your delay. So tails. you w- you wouldn't be able to use it with any other pedals i guess unless you had like a reverb after it or something yeah i guess so it would need to be well it's going to cut out your dry, dry signal, signal as soon yeah. as it gets to it so yeah, yeah i guess so it's it's kind of a something to do when you're messing around or recording rather than something to have mm. it's interesting though it's a really interesting concept and i think that's the thing that's so cool about the uh the time print the sort of ecosystem in that people can put together these completely bonkers yeah um i have one effects uh yes you do yeah yeah, yeah. just the one though isn't it uh yeah they didn't invite you back to do it anymore they didn't right did, okay. did other people get invited back to i do think more? well you just said pete thorne's done at least a couple yeah yeah okay. you only got one i got mm-hmm. i got one yeah, that's, that was all i needed for my was shake that of was that because you were just sort of stat where you stood near pete thorne oh when God. uh when like tor Asked him to do one. Yeah, and you a bit rude you, not yeah, to invite yeah. you. Think, you. You were there, and you know, a couple of other was, people from think, Yeah, it was literally they. They tour came over and was like, oh, I was with Mary Spender, and they were like, Oh, Mary, do you want to come and do some tone prints? And then they were like, Oh, uh, was it your Joe? Yeah, you can. Uh, I mean, he, we might have five minutes later. <laughs> does he just carry your bags, or does he actually play guitar? <laughs> yeah. No, worse, bass. Oh yeah, and then like, oh god, we've got to do a bass preset. No one's going to use this. Yeah, well. Um, talking Sorry, about, we'll bury it right at the bottom. Talking about Game Changer Audio, uh, which we did very briefly at that point, are we going to get a plasma pedal for Gear of the Year? Um, I really think that we should because they are... Um, a lot of people talking about them. Yeah, really cool. They kind of had not not quite a mixed response, but I think it was such... Um, it, it was so different from the, the, the... There was an absolute reason and sensible... It, it, it made sense the way it was set up on a piano 
sustain yeah. pedal. That made sense to the way you use the effect. So it was something that was unique, but it had a point. Whereas the 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 concept of passing, you know, having this sort of electric bolt in between the in the middle of the pedal just seems a bit gimmicky. It's cool though. It is cool. <laughs> it's definitely cool. It's definitely cool. And and like um, when we were at Nam, um, and I was with uh, Jamie Stillman. Uh, from Earthquake Devices, and he was over checking out from the, pedal. the band Harriet the Spy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and he was checking out the uh, um, the pedal. And I think it, if you can make a pedal that Jamie Stillman comes to play, then you you probably in quite a good place. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, but yeah, I, th- I think I really need to hear it because it was impossible to at Nam, and I just haven't. And I don't like watching YouTube demos of drives or distortions because you never really get a, yeah. re- a real idea of what they sound like but um, yeah I definitely need to hear one but we should absolutely have do they have any the, dealers in you is Gak a dealer yeah yeah we've You're got them. Okay. yeah we've got them I've just literally never picked one up right. to, no, to right. have okay. a mess around nice oh, i tell you what I hope they do a new pedal this year what new game, game changer, changer. Yeah. what for them yeah what can they do though uh, uh, anything uh, well that is the thing it could be anything it could be yeah 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 it could maybe be maybe that should be a Patreon topic what maybe, are Game Changer going to come up with oh, next maybe it will be a uh, guitar that plays you <laughs> maybe <laughs> that, that, that's a Game Changer <laughs> that is literally a Game Changer Mark um, Packham you hello. had a uh, band practice this week I did week. I don't really know why I put this in the running order because there's not that much to tell but yeah I managed to get through a three hour band practice with a broken ankle and what were you using was it your horrible orange uh, yeah P-Base, best P-Base ever made and uh, the classic Ampeg SVT450 I've talked about it plenty of times on here but uh, oh, I'm, I'm not a fan of they're the, the best it's an unnecessarily large chassis they're, for a solid state amplifier they're so good though they're so good we were talking about this in the bigger band. is better, Joe. Yeah. We were talking about this in the band practice actually because we had so the the setup was obviously a full drum kit, uh, SVT four fifty and an eight ten, uh, two. Yes. What? Just the eight ten. Yeah, eight ten. I, I just I love it so. They sound much. they sound great, but like and then two Marshall four twelves and two um, uh, DSL heads. I think it was yeah DSL one hundred heads, and like we were talking about it because. You know, Dan, who plays guitar, has got a real small amp. The other guitarist, Tim's got a Hughes & Kettner head, Tube Master head, so it's tiny. You know, I don't own a bass amp at the moment, but if I did, it would be like a Mark Bass 112 or something. And Tim, who he's not as knowledge about gear as Dan, who obviously, you know, works with UJ at Fender and, uh, and, and me, Tim was like, you know, amps seem a lot kind of smaller these days, like... Uh, do, do they need to be as big as the Marshall? Um, Dan and I were like, well, no, if you take the back off, there's basically nothing in there. It's just <laughs> old amps used to be big and then they stayed that size for a long time. And then someone went, i.e. Orange, went, why don't we just make this <laughs> smaller? It's ridiculous. And then you kind of look around and, you know, we're just some like shoddy punk band and you think we would have had to have had a van to cart all that stuff around. And... You know, potentially, you know, a little Mark Base 112 combo, little Hughes and Kettner head or whatever. You could take that on the train without a problem if you were going to do a gig in London. Even if you were just taking heads up to a gig in London and you had like DSL 100 yeah, heads. Just, um, completely untenable. You just couldn't do it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was it was quite quite fun to use a kind of old school, uh, early 2000s classic punk backline. But I would never want to gig with that ever again. No, absolutely. Do you know what would be cool to gig with that I was messing around with at work the other day? It's the complete opposite of that. The Trace Elliott Elf. Oh, yeah. Which is a... Um, it's a... 
an, a bass amp head, a 200 watt bass guitar amplifier head that's the size of an iPhone. It's not the size of an iPhone. Of an well, it's iPhone. not much, but you can put it in your back pocket. Yeah, you could. It can go in your back pocket. Yeah. You could get the train with your amp head in your back pocket. Yeah. I think that's incredibly impressive. It sounded all right as well when yeah, I they, heard one. It sounded really good. They get hot really quickly. Okay. Really hot. So you can't leave it in your pocket while you're playing. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> you will have a burnt bum bum. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, yeah the elf's um, all right. From the uh, on the total other side of things, Joe, I don't think we really talked about this, um, but I went when uh, Matty and I went to the uh, London International Guitar Show 2018. Leagues, yeah. um, High were there. Did we talk about the fact that High were there? I th- do you know what I think it was in the list to talk about, and then I oh, don't. Maybe, think... maybe we did talk about it. anyway. The reason I bring it up is just. Uh, you know, from the Elf being the smallest thing ever, High Watt had a uh, one of their 200-watt valve heads yes. there. Ah, that's the size of a house. Oh, it's just, it actually it's, has a staircase in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, get from, to get from one side of the valves to the other. As they yeah. change channel, he's got to go upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, he went, go on and lift it. And I, I, it was so heavy, I just don't understand... I don't understand. The uh, the Ashdown CTM 300 that I have is of an course. absolute two-man lift. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which when I did that so. um, shoot with Orange a little while ago and we had the 200-watt Orange Valve amp from what, the like, AD 200? Oh, no, an old one. The, an old one. It was unliftable. It was a two-man lift to get it up onto the cab. It was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, yeah. They, I, the thing is, though... They sound good, though, don't they? When well, you, turn, it, when you I turn mean, it up. that one in particular sounded great until it exploded. Right, and okay. that, that yeah, was, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it was great fun. <laughs> That's the thing, though. I think it's because nobody's making large, uh, super powerful amps at the moment. I don't think anybody is. It, I mean, apart from this high watt two hundred watt, I don't think anybody else is doing anything that powerful. And the high well, watt orange stuff, still have a two hundred watt in their lineup, don't they? The, the thund- a- Thunderverb. I don't think uh, that's still current, the Thunderverb. Really? Yeah, I don't know, actually. I couldn't I'm tell pretty, you. I, mm, I, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, but yeah, like the high, watt, the, the high Watt 200 is, they're made in Germany. So, you know, they're they're basically custom shops. So I, I bet it's not going to explode. I mean, it might explode your wallet. Yeah. But yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's cool. It will be nice to see High Watt doing something cool and proper. Like the last time I saw anything from High Watt, it was those... Maxwatt things they were having made, which I think were I just... I thought the Maxwatt stuff was quite cool. Mm, yeah. Wasn't it just all... It was just, it was all... just all solid state, yeah. pretty basic. Yeah, but it was, it was... It looked nice. It was... Yeah, it sounded all right. Yeah. Yeah, probably did. I don't see much of it uh, floating around on the second-hand market, which either means people were into it or it all blew up. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, one or the other. Um, so what? just while you were talking about that, I just went back because I remember seeing an article the other day about the Fender 400 PS... Uh, which is supposedly the loudest, most powerful tube amp of all time. Wait, um, wait, more powerful than that that Marshall thing? Uh, yeah, because that wasn't tube. That was solid uh, state. Yeah. Um, so this is, yeah, 400 watts of uh, tube power. That uh, is going to be came, a lot of money on your electricity bill. Came with its own trolley to cart it around on. Um, like an Asda and, trolley? Uh, like a, yeah, basically like a little trolley that the amp sat in. Um, and, yeah, the reason for it, just doing a quick bit of reading here by the looks of things, um, when Ampeg came out with the uh, first SVT at 300 watts, uh, Fender were, were like, we can do better than that. We're not having that. No, we'll do louder than that. So, uh, yeah, it looks like 
just again, just scanning this article, 1969, uh, sorry, 1970, $750. Um, and uh, yeah, which, and the cabs were $500. Uh, so, oh wait, but you needed three of them. That's weird. Basically, <laughs> the total cost of the rig would have been $2,250 at the time, which by today's standards was $14,500. Um, the head alone would have cost the consumer the equivalent of $4,800 today. Um, absolutely bonkers. Yeah, do uh, go and check out that article. It's pretty mad. Uh, you, it looks, again, unliftable, which is why I assume it came with the trolley. So um, this week I received a um, a pedal from from a clam. Not, not, not a, a clam. Not a, a, a clam. clam just sent you a pedal. There's a clam. Hello, Mr. Jewel. I'm the Jewel pedal. Oh, thank you, Mr. Clam. That's okay. Anyway, well, I like the fact that you don't eat me. <laughs> anyway, and just before you go on, yeah. I was just I, whilst Mark was talking, I was googling the 400 PS uh, because I had it in my head that Neil Young played one, mm. but I don't think he did. I think he played something something different that was also a monstrosity. I, I remember Matt talking about it in the past, right? Um, but anyway, one of the I was I was just trying to find uh, in, some information about it to see if Neil Young had played it, and I've stumbled across a. Uh, uh, a fantastic moment in time from uh, talkbase.com yep. uh, with the uh, the thread title is... So this is from the year... This is from 2000 and... This is from... Oh, this is 18 years ago today. This what? is from November the 12th, That's 2000. Weird. Really weird. November the 12th, 2000. Um, this, this, <laughs> so weird. this thread is titled, is 100... This is base. Is 100 watts enough to play out... Mm, nope. <laughs> That's the title mm, of the thread. Nope. Yeah, the okay. title of the thread is, is 100 watts enough to play out? Dot, dot, dot. Mm, nope. Okay. Uh, and yeah, in this uh, Munji Bunga. <laughs> <laughs> Talk bass is a silly place indeed. Uh, says uh, the bassists need at, uh, at least 300 watts no, I uh, think... to sound worth a crap. I think two two fifty is certainly doable, but but yes, I think uh, if you want to be taken seriously, I think I'd, I think five hundred watts is where where it starts to get the, the the proper amount of headroom. I think well, it depends what type of amp, doesn't it? I of mean, course, you obviously don't need a five hundred watt valve amp; that'd be ridiculous. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it's there is there, is, there, is, there is actually a massive storm. <laughs> yeah. There's been thunder going on. I'm wondering has, if yeah. the uh, if the audio is going to have picked up the thunder. Anyway, um, a clam. Back to a clam. Uh, they sent us a pedal. It's raining so hard. Someone's car alarms, alarms are going off. actually is. <laughs> <laughs> sorry if you can hear that. Yeah, sorry about that. It's not my car. I might go um, check. Uh, yes. So, yeah, no problem. So, um, but you'll you miss out on this because this is a good one. A clam sent us a pedal uh, for review. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This week, the pedal, the pedal is called the cinnamon drive. Yeah. Overdrive, I'm guessing. Yeah. Is, this, is the thing about it that it's an overdrive? Yeah, but okay. it's, it's an overdrive, but... Yeah. It smells of cinnamon. What? The actual pedal? The pedal. I open the box and it comes in a little velvet bag and the velvet bag smells strongly of cinnamon. Is it not just that the bag smells of cinnamon? Surely yeah. it's not like baked into the pedal. Well, it, that would be amazing. But no, it is the, the bag. Baked is obviously into the pedal? The, the, well, like in the finish or whatever. The, the, a bit of like cinnamon dust. The bag has obviously been rubbed in some cinnamon or, or sprayed with some sort of cinnamony cologne. Sprayed with cinnamon? What but, is going on But here? what an amazing addition. I mean, it, it is a, a super awesome sounding um, uh, uh, pedal. I, I've actually only had a couple of minutes to mess around with it because it only turned up yesterday. But but um, it, it super ruggedly built. It's called the Cinnamon Drive, and it smells of cinnamon. I think people should make their their pedals scented more often. I tell you what, I'm scented re- I'm, in the theme of the name. I'm really looking forward to the uh, saffron phaser. I like the uh, banana. Yeah, ABY banana yeah. split. Yeah, banana split. <laughs> Absolutely. Imagine if all the Dan Electro food pedals smelled like the food. Oh, like, that the would tuna be melt. <laughs> walking around with whatever it's called, like the bacon and eggs. Just that'd be all right. Actually, I'm into it. Um, I'm actually thinking about getting um, some new, or maybe one new bass cab. Okay. Haven't you still got those two? Ashdown. Ashdown. You were just saying that you've got too series. much stuff. You moved house. You showed us a picture of a room <laughs> completely filled guitars. with gear. And yeah. now you're saying, oh, which of the, you know, maybe I could get a new small little pedal or something. No, you've gone for the biggest thing that you can possibly duplicate in Is your that room. because you've got like a massive space for gear now? Uh, well, no, it's more that uh, we, we, my band bought a new van. And, and there's a uh, tiny, there's a, a 4 by 12 shaped hole in it that Joe has to <laughs> fill. No, it's 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 uh, it's the it's because we've got a fourth member and now and and the van storage is slightly smaller. I was like, oh, I can only really bring one of the two cabs, so I can only really play through a, a single fifteen, and it's still quite a large cab. And I was like, ah, oh, there's Tim, our guitarist, with like a pair of katanas, and you know, everyone's everyone's stuffs all in like nice hard cases, like tour cases, and I was like. I sort of looked into prices for like hard casing my sort of massive oversized Ashdown caps, and I was like, no, "That's that's a lot of money." So I was thinking about getting some nice portable um, Zilla cabs. Um, they do they do a, a, a two twelve bass fat boy, okay. Um, and of course, Zilla cabs you've got a, a wide range of. Well, actually, I was thinking about getting a dark glass cab. And then okay. I realised how much money yeah, dark glass big cabs money, are. Aren't they? And then I realised that the only thing I really like about the dark glass cabs is that they're sort of like a fawn finish, and I can get that in, in from from Zilla cabs. I for, don't really know what that means for half the price, like a sort of like you know those limited edition Vox AC30s um, that Jay had. The hand wired. 
Do you remember those? The hand wired Oh, the, like sort of like a kind of like creamy. Sort I'm sure of. you yeah. call it fawn. Well, I the, think that is the name the, of the finish. The, the Fender. Um, there's been some Fender FSRs in fawn. Yes, absolutely. I'm pretty sure on Zilla cabs they refer to the the finish as fawn. Yes, they do. Fawn. On the um, Dark Glass website, they don't have products. They have creations. Ooh, ooh very that's, spicy. That's nice. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. I was thinking about. Do you think I can get away with one two twelve for bass? Yes. Absolutely, you can get doable. away with one one twelve. Well, no, you can't. Not, <laughs> you not can. in actual bands. Yeah, it Mark. sounds fine, um, Mark. I'm gonna uh, bring you to the bring you to the attention of Ulf underscore Kurt, uh, who agreed with Munji Bunga, <laughs> saying, "I totally agree with you. A hundred watt amp will not cut it on its own, but I think a three hundred watt amp will struggle at times too." What? <laughs> That's why many bassists, including me, are using the DI or line out into all right, a PA. All right, we're not turning this into the anti-bass player podcast. Yeah. Although I do <laughs> agree, I'm one of them. Bass and we're players all in general are pretty weird people. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, it's about time for some news. News. First up, it's time for Parallel Universe again. That's right. Once every month, Fender uh, focus a, a big bucket of marketing on their new Parallel Universe instrument. It's also that time that the guitar actually hits the uh, the shelves over here in, in the UK. And this month, it's the most exciting of all because it's the Fender Meteora. Yeah. Um. So I first saw this. Uh, well, I first found out about it. Uh, probably just over a year ago. Um, actually, probably like 18 months ago. And when I first saw the picture of it, I just thought, this looks absolutely incredible. I, I have to buy one. I cannot wait. And then, obviously, it came, came around to NAMM. Uh, Fender was showing all of the Parallel Universe guitars. They all looked fantastic. But the Meteora was just... It was just a shining light. It was the only one that was a unique body shape. That's true. Yeah, everything else. Well, yeah, I suppose so. There were, everything else was a Stratatelli. Was a Stratatelli or yeah. a, a No, it was Jag- a Stratatelli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. You know, there was different bits and pieces inside. But yeah, so the Meteora, totally new body shape. Um, although, actually, it did kind of nearly uh, come out as a different guitar, maybe five or six years ago. Um, but uh, the Meteora is out now. For people who haven't seen it, I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast has, it's kind of like a, a, a more offset jazz master, a bit of a spacey jazz master. Yeah, um, but a with slim, the, very sharply angled. Yeah, but with the um, aesthetics of a 52 telly and with the uh, controls of a 52 telly. So uh, brass saddles, uh, two single coils and a three-way switch. Uh, but block inlays on a uh, 65 jazz master neck. So it's got that really nice... Um, uh, mid 60s C, which is a you know, it's not super chunky. It's not you know, we're not looking at it's a, a very comfortable neck. It's profile. really, really comfortable. Yeah, it's it's a bit bigger than than people would usually uh, think of of a, from a from a, a fender neck because uh, it's not a no caster or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 really wow. It's really it's really something. And I've got one. I. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, there is one here. There is one here, yeah. And I just absolutely loved it. And for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, I'd really, really recommend watching the video. Uh, so um, the video, the, the, the story about it's really nice. Uh, the, so there's a, one of the guys in Fender R&D uh, called Josh. He um, cr- basically created it. 
Um, the first prototype, I think, was I think he said was made in 2012 or 2011, and uh, they kind of show in the video they show uh, how the guitar developed over the the few years um, that, that followed. And funnily enough, I was I spoke I had lunch with Josh and Tim Shaw um, at Summer Nam uh, earlier this year. And Josh, Josh, again, we were talking about it because he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I designed that. And we, we were just talking about how it all came about. And he said that um, he had kind of got to the point where he thought, OK, well, I, you know, we've put forward a couple of prototypes. This probably isn't going to get made. Uh, and I think he said there was three prototypes and he had two of them. And uh, he was just he just said, look, I've made these. I want to have the three prototypes. You know, it didn't get made. It's not a big deal. Uh, lots of stuff gets prototyped and doesn't get made. So he wanted to get the th and he couldn't find the third prototype. He was looking around for it for ages. And um, eventually he he spoke with someone. They went, oh, yeah, I think that's in that office over there. And he went to go and get it. And uh, as he went to collect it, he was told, what are you doing? Like, you can't have that. We're trying to reverse engineer it. And he went, what? What do you mean you're trying to re reverse engineer it? And they were like, well, it's incredible. And we want to make it as a production line guitar, but there's some weird stuff about it. We can't work out how it is. And he was like, well, do you want me to send you the, the, send you the blueprints? Because I, I made that. And they went, oh, amazing. So he, that's, that's how the guitar got made because he That's made a it brilliant and everyone forgot story. And, then it, and, and then it nearly <laughs> didn't get made again so but the the the, the video is really nice and i think you get a really um interesting insight into the uh, creative process behind building guitars and how research and development at a company like fender works because you don't often see that kind of human side of the company yeah uh, or of any company like that really you know this is some just stuff comes out and then yeah totally i mean you know it isn't the uh you wouldn't it, you wouldn't have expected to see a video like this from you wouldn't see something like this from apple do you know what i mean yeah. and you wouldn't see something like this from harley davidson you think about the kind of market leaders within their uh within their their industries and i just think it's really cool that fender have gone down that route so uh i i personally i hope that we see more marketing like that because telling the human side of uh of the story i think is really important but absolutely. but all that aside um the guitar is just it's absolutely banging it's so good wonderful pickup choice yeah yeah so um the pickups in it are the uh twisted telly in the neck and the uh the vintage style uh custom shop vintage style telly pickup in the bridge um which is uh the same pickup configuration that's in my offset telly and i've complained about that bridge pickup uh, a number of times in the uh in the offset telly and uh but joe you were saying like how much you really liked it i absolutely loved it and i i uh i'm i'm a, con a, a convert for the for the meteor I, I did not like it at all in the pictures the original press shots that, that were released it was just a yeah, it just didn't grab me for whatever reason. It wasn't until we actually got one over at over at GAC for us to demo that I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's actually much better in person. Um, and then it, it, I guess then I was sort of slightly warming to it. It still wasn't ex especially my thing. And then we heard it when we played it. I was just like, this this sounds incredible. This is, it was just a gorgeous clean guitar. It, it it drives really nicely. I know that's 
yeah, a, a lot of that's obviously down to the pickup configuration. Yeah, of course, but, yeah. But yeah, what just a fantastic sounding instrument. And then you saw how many views that video generated, and you were just like, "Yep, best guitar." Yeah, of all yeah. Time. That was that. Also, also Content that generation. It had, it had a massive amount of views on the <laughs> on the GAC channel in a very short space of time. Presumably, getting that many views that quickly means you didn't have to do any work for the rest of the week. Well, exactly. I mean, like I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, I actually got a fact wrong in the in the video as well, which are, unfortunately, unfortunately, because it's proved to be a popular video, is now more and more people are like, "Oh, you said this wrong." I was like, oh, "What yeah, did you I, say?" I know I did. Um, I was talking about how um, I hope that the Meteora, uh, how well it's being received, uh, is is uh, you know, Fender take that as a mark and they. They make it into a standard line model. They release different pickup configurations, different colors, things like that. Um, but I was saying how Fender in the past have done stuff like this before. If you look at the Jaguar base, which is now has a player model, has a professional model, a deluxe, and and there are umpteen Squire versions of the Jaguar base. And I and and this is where I was wrong. I said the Jaguar base, of course, started life when Fender trialed it in the Chinese-built modern player series. No, 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 because no. they did the Japanese ones. They did the Joe the red Brandon and the blue matching is headstock. An idiot. But do you know what? I'm not because technically those Japanese the the Japanese red with matching headstock and blue with matching headstock versions were jazz bass pickups, whereas the modern player was PJ. And all the new Jaguar models now are PJ. So technically, I, mean, I am still a correct. Jaguar base. Still said Jaguar base on the headstock. <sighs> also had an active circuit, so it was quite different. What what did? You didn't know that, did you? What the, the Japanese Japanese ones, ones did two, they? Two jazz master, uh, two sorry, jazz bass pickups and an active circuit. Well, that sounds Act, awful. Active treble and bass <laughs> boosts. Yeah, they weren't very. I mean, they were, they played great, but they sounded pretty bad yeah yeah so. okay but yeah anyway so i got that so one not, wrong. not quite as bad as the video that you did where you were playing the 51 p bass and you said oh yeah thing i love about this this slab body and no, it was a the, 54 54 sorry yeah. yeah and everyone in the comments was like when you say slab body what what's that you mean the oh, what about the curve oh yeah, yeah it's not slab is it and it was just like comment after comment of it has less you. less contours than a 57 god not slab though it. is it mate oh fine Anyway, um, uh, Mark Packham, <laughs> hello, Gibson, Gibson Good. have uh, have released their first guitar post new management, and what have they, what have they entered the field with to change how people have, have thought about Gibson recently? What incredible thing at a reasonable price? This is exactly the right guitar they should make. Have they released? They've reissued a classic from the, the genre, classic from the genre, classic of the genre, the Les Paul. The Paul. Uh, so people will know this as the one that's generally, uh, I guess it's just a brown Les Paul is how uh, you would describe it. But so the original Very 70s. Uh, well, actually, so the originals came out uh, in the tail end of 1978. Um, and yeah, basically a walnut bodied guitar uh, from what I remember. Let me just confirm that. I don't want to make a mistake like Joe would do. Um, <laughs> I believe it is walnut, yes. Yes. So, yeah, walnut body. Um, and so they lasted a couple of years before being replaced by the Firebrand Deluxe, the Paul model, uh, which was mahogany body instead. So the the way to uh, to tell is how the logo is on the headstock. So on the originals, uh, they're just uh, like a regular 
Gibson logo on the Firebrand one. Firebrand was that they burnt the logos into the headstock. Um, uh, so it was like a, yeah, like a brand, essentially. Like cattle. Um, and the one, that, <laughs> <laughs> indeed, like cattle. Uh, the one that they've re- uh, reissued is based on the original, the 1978 model. So it's the one with the walnut body. Um, two pickups in there, the uh, the 490Rs and 498Ts. Right, yeah, so that's the uh, the same pickups that go in an awful lot of their sort of entry it's level the Les Paul Studio the classic Les Paul yeah. Studio pickup basically um, but there's no frills about it really it's you know it's a walnut body with just like a kind of uh, a thin gloss uh, or what they call a vintage gloss on there um, price tag it's very brown let's not talk about the price yet um, it's very brown um and, you know, I've seen a lot of kind of punk bands using the original versions of these. Yeah, cause they I like can, brown. They can take, a you know, quite a beating and they wear pretty nicely because there's no real finish on there. Yeah. You see an old one, they always look pretty cool, but they are very, very basic. Um, so, price tag. Well, looking at this, you know, I've, I've got reverb open right now. If you wanted to buy an original 1978 The Paul, you would be looking at around... Pop on Gumtree. Um, yeah, just go on a proper website. Check in the reverb pricing. What about eBay? Uh, eBay's always good for these. Sort I of like eBay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's quite a few available on reverb right now, um, but most of them are in the states. You're looking at about Friday ads. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Does that still exist? I mean, they still email me every week. Yeah. I I think that actually uh, putting an advert in guitarist in title guitar. That's right. No, no, no. So uh, on Reverb right now, you're looking from 800... Local swap shop. $823 uh, is your cheapest price. Really? Let's have a look. For an original. For an original. That's a very reasonable price for an American-made guitar from the 70s. Yeah, I mean, it would have had a headstock break. (laughs) No, no, no. no. (laughs) It's not an an SG. I suppose. Um, Let's have a look and see. Are there any... uh, in the UK right now so we can get a pound price I believe GAK.co.uk uh, you don't ha- I'm talking about an original Joe. oh you an original you don't have that you want to go somewhere quality like reverb.com for some quality used gear um, I can't see one in the UK right now there, there probably is one I'll have to do a bit more digging but um, so yeah I mean I guess from seeing them in stores and stuff over the years I would say between seven and eight hundred pounds is what you're paying for an original one price on the new one uh, we are looking at 1199 the UK price uh, GBP okay um, so I mean or, awkward price when you consider what the they, they must they, they would have been able to look on a computer at what the originals go for yeah and especially when they're putting budget pickups in there because those 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 pickups go Right down. They appear on their proper entry level. So I don't think comparing them to original is a fair thing, really, because, you know, it's quite a different guitar in that, you know, the the condition of the old ones that you will see will be quite beaten up. Generally, those the pool guitars do uh, get beaten up because of the type of finish that's on there. Like I said, a lot of them get used by punk bands. They get thrown around a bit. So you're getting, like, you know, a brand spanking new version of that. Um, but what I do find weird is where it sits in line with uh, Lesbos Studio pricing. So what's a, what's a Lesbos Studio right now? I don't know. 700 quid? 800 quid? Some, no, they're a bit more than that, I think. Are they? Uh, yes. Oh, you, oh you, no, wait, the, the studio? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. Okay, well, Some I'm going to look right now. So this is so Les Paul Studio right now. So the uh, tributes were in satin, which are essentially the same guitar as a Les Paul, but they're mahogany body, but they do have a maple cap. 
I believe, they're 999. So they're 200 quid cheaper. Mm. And, you know, they're the same pickups in there. They're the same bod- uh, same body shape. Um, controls, layouts, all the same. I think they're the same pickups. Let's just have a look. They are 490Ts, 490Rs. They have got a maple cap. That is a fantastic yeah, price. maple though, cap on, on there. The, on the tribute. Yeah, but it's just very weird to, you know, bring out basically the same guitar. It's a different body material. You know, it's walnut rather than mahogany. Um at not at two hundred pounds more expensive seems a strange price to me. Yeah. Um. And you know what can you get for the same money? Well, for a couple hundred quid more, you can get the proper Lesbo Studio, which are now bound neck with blocks. Uh, maybe with burst buckers as well. Let yeah, they just are get the burst spec. buckers and tap and tappable. Yeah, coil taps. No, they're not actually. They're four four nine four nine eight Ts four ninety Rs in those still. Um. But I do think they've got coil splits on there i'm not sure if they do actually now on the studios I think and actually... after that to be honest like you've got you've got the classics oh no they are coil, um, coil splitable humbuckers yeah yeah they, they are kind of across the board now on, on all the 2019 stuff but then you've got the you know the lesbian classics as well that are sort of i guess they're coming in either 12 or 1800 pounds i can't remember which one they they appear in but um yeah, there's there's a lot of Les Pauls around that price point with a with a, a lot more features crammed in. You've got to really like the Paul to want to spend eleven hundred quid on the Paul. Yeah, but it's what I find very strange about that. So, okay, for example, you know, you could pick up a 2018 uh, Les Paul Classic, which is the P90 model, slightly different guitar, um, but you know, they're in proper finishes. You know, they are still a satin finish, but they've got sunbursts and they've got binding. They've got trapezoid inlays. Twelve four nine, you can get one of those for now. Yeah. So two hundred and something quid more. Uh, no, sorry. 150 pound more um and that to me is quite a lot more guitar for your money um so if it was something you know really obscure from the gibson catalog and they were charging that kind of money for it it would kind of make sense but there's been so many of these the paul guitars kicking around over the years for you know anywhere i would say between you know 500 to 800 pounds um it does seem weird the the pricing on this at 1200 quid so um in in uh, summary, what you're saying is uh, the uh, the pool will not be uh, being put forward for Gibson's uh, choice for Gear of the Year. Well, maybe not. They've they've done some other cool stuff this year, right? The juniors, the juniors, yeah, yeah the that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I, the the guitar that this reminded me of um, was the LPJs, which were incredible value for money. Yeah, they were like five nine nine, and they were like five nine nine. So they were like basically half the price of of what this is coming out as and it seems a little hard to justify for me when the, there are so many great second-hand options to buy um the Paul I guess I, I guess if Gibson were to turn this into a series where they brought out other kind of iconic guitars uh throughout the the history you know because the Paul probably isn't something that they could turn into a true historic for example but if they were to bring that out and maybe bring out I don't know. I would struggle to think of something else that would, uh, you know, I don't know, reissue the Voodoo series. I don't, I don't know. Oh, the ultimate series. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, I, you know, if they were to turn this into a sort of standalone series, a series of itself, but it does seem like a weird little standalone guitar. Yeah. So there we but, go. You, you know, it's, I'll wait and see. I want to try one out. So you can get an almost mint condition one for £814. Yeah, it does seem like a bit of a jump, I have to say. And you know that the prices in the UK are going to be more than they are in the US. Yeah. 
Uh, well, uh, they're eleven nine nine in the UK pounds. No, no, I mean for a second hand. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you know, it's yeah. Elect no, not electro harmonics. Earthquake devices have have released a limited edition black ash endangered fuzz. Excuse me. Yes, a black ash endangered fuzz. They've released a limited edition model. Um, they're only going to make fifteen hundred, which is pretty cool. Um, I've got a lot of time for the for the black ash fuzz. If you go onto the uh, Earthquake Devices website, they have a um, tons of different demos um, demonstrating the sort of the really broad spectrum of sort of drive to distortion to fuzzy tones that uh, the black ash is is capable of. It's a it's a take on the on a tone bender style sort of three control fuzz. Um, but with some quite unique controls. Whilst it has fuzz and level, um, its third control, which is top, is uh, is dealing with uh, like just a really small sort of frequency range from uh, from two kilohertz to uh, ten kilohertz, and it it just allows you to kind of focus where your fuzz is, where it pops out in the mix, which is great. A really useful way of being able to control fuzz in a band situation, so that it really cuts through which is the biggest problem with fuzz is you tend to dip out in the mix a little bit more. So I kind of think like thinking about, yeah, what fuzz sounds great, but what's the problem with this type of effect? What is normally the inherent problem with it and how do we fix it? And it's just classic um, Earthquaker devices to, to, to kind of think of that and try and deal with it and solve it. And then to make a three control pedal that's just so massively versatile really it's a really impressive range of tones that they that they have on on the website demonstrating this pedal so um well worth getting hold of if you can as they are limited that was gonna be my question have you got these at GAC and have you got any left i'm not sure i don't know it looks like i'm just doing a quick look online it looks like you still have got them in stock but i also did a quick look uh on reverb um and there was no inventory showing anywhere so I think they are, it seems like most of them have sold already. So. I imagine so. I imagine so. Super cool idea, though. Like, I know it's only a little thing, and it seems a shame to talk about something that uh, people aren't necessarily going to get hold of. But um, but just another example of Earthquaker devices putting out something that is uh, super, super cool and, and astute. So I wonder how, because I, th- I think, I'm not sure, but I think the full-tone soul bender is also a three-knob tone bender sort of clone or you know inspired by right um and i was just having a look to see the the controls are labeled differently but you know i don't think that the tone bender was uh labeled no i think it's just I like a master tone yeah so but i'd be i'd be interested to see i think you're right it is it is, it is that kind of you lose that and I realise that's the point is losing that kind of definition, but that is what I need for yeah. to enjoy a fuzz pedal is to have a bit of. I realise it's completely against the point of what a fuzz pedal is, but I just need a little bit of transparency there in order to. I'm well, sure people are beating their head against no, all no, these things the, when they say this. That that is the the problem with fuzz is they sound great on their own, and then you play it in a band and you completely disappear in in most cases yeah. i i, yeah, I yeah, like yeah. that they've given you a, con- a control that not only deals with it it allows you to tailor that around the band that you are playing in yeah. and, and what sort of frequency ranges that you're operating in and and masking you know with with yeah. cymbals other guitars basses i guess what i need is a pedal that i well i and i think would be great for you know polymath is if if 
what what Tim needs really is a pedal that control like a bass control. Uh, just you know to just turn down the bass. Yeah, yeah if you just basically you, make the bass completely disappear from you know, the band. Yeah, yeah that'd be really, you know, really because good. Because obviously, because I am a, a complete faker and obviously just hang off of like Tim and the rest of the band's That's coattails. That's describe you. Um, uh, thanks, man. But, uh, but um, he does. He has, he plays a, he has a two amp setup. One is his uh, normal guitar amp and the second amplifier is on an ABY just going through a, a Digitech drop um to to be an octave down so, so basically get rid of you yeah essentially so, so. and and they and you've recently got a keyboard player yes someone who can play you know bass notes well he has he has a little mellotron thing uh a, a fender road style thing with a nord stage yeah. 3 and a bass synth Right, okay, cool. So, yeah, They're good. basically trying to make it okay to get rid of Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, why I've don't you that. start, why, you should start singing in the band, then, you know, I might uh, Do you know to I you. want to? I was thinking about God. that. I was thinking about some sort of poetry. No! <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about, yeah, some, like, uh, maybe, like, freestyle uh, sort of emotive poetry no over one the wants top this. of everything. Yeah. No one wants this. Anyway, that is it uh, for us here on the regular podcast. But we're going to be continuing over on the Patreon episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast, where from as little as $1 a month, you can support the Guitar Nerds podcast. $1 a month gets you the regular episode ad-free and early. $5 a month gets you an extra half an hour every week, plus access to bonus features and mini-series such as Mark Packham's new series, um, a very, a, special, a very episode. special episode. So yeah, we didn't talk about this. I didn't put, even put it in the group. So no. I had a bit of time on my hands uh, last weekend, and I found something rather funny on the internet. So I decided to make a little podcast episode about it. Um, it's a very non-regular podcast series on Patreon called A Very Special Episode. Uh, episode one is about a. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't don't tell people. Well, I can tell people what it's about. It's uh, it's about <sighs> a, a company uh, who seemingly in the kind of. Uh, early part of this decade were encouraging their users to leave video testimonials on YouTube uh, about guitars that they had purchased. And they're very, very odd. Um, And basically, I play those and then talk about them. So go check that out. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Absolutely. $10 a month makes you one of our executive backers, granting you access to everything already mentioned, plus the prestigious honour of having your name read out in one breath by me. Are we doing this now? Uh, yes, yes, we can do this okay. now. Yeah. You ready? Adrian Day, Ethan Jebediah, Bartia, Ken Sale, Matthew King, Stephen Conrady, Golden G, Richard III, Marin Peters, Sean Arvo, Christoph Walker, Cuppertson, Robert Cousins, Rob Gould, Scott Hamilton, Dr. Hamilton, Ernie Cooper, Nate Nagel, Ross Edwards, Christopher Watson, Robbie Conagron, Matt Roberts, Steve Lee, Every Day Speaker, One Courier, Blay, Coyle, Lauren Sowen, Jay Gray, Matt Bellamy, Martin Cliss, Scott Kennedy, Christopher Lawson, Robert Smith, Hansard, Stockbridge, Chris Connors, Andy Joyce, Rob Norwich, Steve Buck, and Mark Cross, so close. 
it's it's not even enjoyable anymore. You know? <laughs> I, I actually don't look forward to this bit because I know it's going to hurt a little bit. I know I'm going to see stars by the end of it. I'm nearly going to pass out. One week, it's just going to be the sound of me hitting the deck. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, yes. Well, anyway, we're off to record a Patreon episode. This week, um, we're going to be having a flick through some vintage we're gonna what? guitar magazines. Um, uh, Jay Cross has uncovered a guitar magazine from the 1970s. So I'm we're going to. Anything. One we're of, going one to of, see. One of my colleagues. Uh, thanks very much, Oliver. I know you listen, even though you pretend you don't. Uh, he, he got a couple of these uh, guitar magazines called guitar the magazine for all guitarists he uh found, found a couple i think from his uncle or something um from uh yeah from the mid 70s there's, there's december 1973 um which and I, I i pointed this out to the guys earlier we i will just say this now rather than on patreon so 40 this this magazine is 45 years old next month 45 years old and it's still pete townsend on the t- we haven't <laughs> progressed we have not progressed um so yeah d- december 1973 and july 1974 um bit of a bit of a price increase considering the uh december edition was 25p and the july edition was 30p so um but yeah, so we're going to have a flick through these and see what has changed in 45 years. My uh, instinct is uh, very little. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, well, yes, join us over on the uh, on the uh, Patreon episode. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at Guitar Nerds or on YouTube at Guitar Nerds Videos. You can even, even visit our website, guitarnerds.net, where all our various channels are displayed in all of their glory. And you can purchase Guitar Nerds merch merchandise and become a true member of the club that's it from us for this week we'll catch you next time for some more guitar nerdery farewell cheers gang catch you on the flip side dudes What are you doing? Don't know. That is a great song. All right, should we start the podcast? Hang on, I haven't even looked at the thing yet. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.